I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode, and you're listening to Recode Replay, powered by digital media. Now here's an interview from the stage of Code Media. Please welcome Jason Manti from Vine and Meredith Valiando Rojas from Digitor. All right. Hot tea, huh? Yeah, it's freezing. Okay. I'm going to ask you to keep that a little bit away from me, because that could be dangerous. (laughs) Jason, welcome. Hello. Um, So, Jason, I'm going to start with you. Uh, We just saw a lot of different types of content right Mm -hmm. there, um, which makes me ask, what is what is Vine trying to be right now? There were some we saw some sports, mm-hmm. some scripted stuff, perhaps. Um, what what's the vision three years in? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the like biggest things that's happened, uh, you know, over the last three years is Vine's changed a lot, and the space has changed around us. And you know, there have been a lot of changes that have been both organic um, within the network and the creators that are creating stuff on Vine and changes that we've sort of helped steer the ship with. And a lot of that is just really focused on being entertainment. More than anything, Vine is a thing that allows people to tell unique stories. That's, that's, the, like, that's the key. It's, it's the fact that it's unique in that, in that way. In six seconds. Or is that not? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it is today, right? Sure. Is that how critical a piece of, of what Vine is, is that? Um, I think it's less about it being six seconds and more about the kind of intent that needs to go into creating content of that length. So what I mean by that is, if you only have a finite period of time to tell a story, what are you gonna choose to put in that time? I think that that's what makes the difference. So next year could be 10 seconds and that Um, could work. It's pretty unlikely that we would just extend the length of Vine to 10 seconds or something like that, but I think that you'll continue to see us create products that will help people tell really unique stories. So, so a, a big piece of Vine is talent um, that has emerged on the platform and gains a following. Some would call them Vine stars. Yeah. Mer- Meredith, your company, Digitor, um, I'm going to try to describe it real quick. You can correct me. Digitor throws live events with starring people who make their name, teens who make their name on Vine, on YouTube, on, not on Snapchat yet. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some other stuff we'll talk yeah. about in a bit. Um, what, how, how, did this, how did this happen? Like, what about Vine do you think has attracted um, teens to just go out and build really big, fo- want to build big followings and then, and then be able to accomplish that? So you did a good job. Thank you. We are the largest producer of live events featuring social media stars. Missed that. Yep. But close. Okay. Um, we're five and a half years old, and we do uh, you know about three hundred thousand tickets a year, um, creating concerts, festivals, experiences for teens featuring these stars, um, and so. It's really interesting what's happened and where the talent has emerged from um, because it's all about what the teens care about and where they're hanging out and they're calling the shots. So sort of any entertainment establishment has no no say. It's really where are teens and, and then stars are emerging. So initially it was YouTube 
then it was Vine. Vine sort of created this whole bunch of like heart th teen heartthrobs that we still put on the road today, like Nash and his brother Hayes and a whole bunch of others. Um, and then now there are other platforms that are emerging like Musical.ly and, and You Now, and we're booking talent from these platforms. So what we're doing is we're just saying we're platform agnostic. We're looking for where the teens are headed, and, and we're interested in curating what they're telling us they care about. So I would assume this is moving very quickly. Extremely um, quickly, yeah. Vine's three years old, correct? Right. Um, some of these other platforms, newer, some older, obviously, in YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, how... so. I guess the first question is, at these live events, are, these teams are used to, you know, some of them talking into a camera, some sketch stuff. Um, are you, are you hand-holding them to become live performers? Or what, what is the interaction like in real life? Because it's got to be a lot different than, than what, what they're used to creating yeah. from the start. One of the main questions people ask is, what do these kids do, especially the non-musical talent? Because... It, you know, it, whether their platform of choice is Vine and they're used to telling stories in six seconds, it's what are they doing on stage? So um, we've taken, you know, an active role in working with them and putting them with um, writers and putting, you know, different sort of comedic sketches together and interactive games and pre-recorded content and putting on a really fun, fast-paced show, but also staying out of the way because they know what their audience wants, so we don't want to muddy it up too much and polish it too much. Um, and it, it works. It's kind of like Beatlemania. These events are just screaming teens going absolutely crazy. And we have the meet and, and how, greet and how, the stage. How many people are we talking at these events? So our festival in New York has about 25,000 people who attend. And then our tours are going through venues like House of Blues every single month. Um, and we're taking different talent. We're booking 400 talent per year. And we're putting on these experiences. So... You know, our largest event is 25,000. Our smallest might be an experience with 1,500 teens in attendance, but um, there's a lot of volume in what we're producing as well. And Jason, when I, when I met you in New York, we talked a little bit about the sort of the idea of the, the section of Vine that's Vine stars. Mm -hmm. And it was clear to me that you view that as um, one piece of the platform, right? And maybe not, may, well, tell me, is it the most important piece? Um, I don't know about most important, but I think that it's definitely like one of the more visible ones right now. Um, I think one of the things to keep in mind is that since we're an entertainment platform, it's, there are a lot of different kinds of things that can exist on Vine, and I think that one of the kinds of things that's really interesting is thinking about how these teenagers becoming stars, like that that idea is quite a new thing um, as a whole, whether it's on Vine or somewhere else. And I think that that really speaks to what we're all about at Vine. It's about like new kinds of stories, new kinds of perspectives on things. And I think that it's definitely a, it's definitely a really important thing. I think that it's just one piece of the puzzle. So where, where I'm going with this is uh, I'm curious how much work Vine does uh, encouraging sort of more professional talent versus user-generated uh, content. And so how do you, how you think about that balance? And because you, you see Vine as a mass, mass player, right? This is not, like, 
me at 33 years old, I'm not the demographic for a lot of this stuff. Sure. I see vines on Twitter that are mostly sports because that's what I, and, and I don't necessarily then get, you know, um, I don't necessarily get converted into mm -hmm. a mainstream Vine user. And so I'm, I'm wondering how, the, how all the pieces fit together and whether your the town is a big enough piece of it that, that you sure. have teams set up to, to go after and support it. Yeah, I mean, I think we have a lot of work to do so that you can become converted into a mainstream user. Um, but I, I think that we don't really think about it like so separate like that. It's there was a really interesting article about how like the NBA is like amazing to watch on Vine, like maybe more than anywhere else. And I think that the thing that w about that that was interesting was not so much the claim, but more so more so just the idea about how it's a slightly different angle than what you see on television. And I think that when you see things like you know LeBron James like missing something and then somebody's like cut to like really sad music and his face is like in slow-mo all miserable like those kinds of moments those are perfect for mine we should have showed that i know i know yeah. oh my gosh i'm gonna okay but um after party yeah let's do okay. it um but i think that those kinds of moments are really they're like symbols they're symbols that are pointing to a much bigger thing and i think that that concept is a thing that can resonate with all kinds of people and can be applied to all kinds of content creators, whether they're people that are playing in their basement and they're playing some song in their basement or they're somebody that's been making content for all kinds of um, different reasons and for many years. When we did our little intro, um, and I tried to explain your company, uh, you, you explained first it started with you, Star started on YouTube, then Vine, then you seem to hint there's, there's stuff that's happened since. And so I'm one part of that question is how are you how do you track this talent across? And the second part is what is where where are teens spending their time right now if to Jason's chagrin it's not entirely on Vine? Um, yeah, so we track it by we've built a community. Over the last five years, we've become really immersed and embedded in sort of this environment. And not only are we uh, producing events, but we're publishing content, and we have an editorial voice on social, and so we're connected to them, and we're asking teens, what do you care about? So we listen to them, we're nimble, and we try to go where they tell us to go. Um, we also know all of the big talent um, who are coming off of these platforms. So when YouTube sort of emerged, we got to know the top 100 uh, content creators, and we figured out sort of all the people that came after were coming up through collaboration. Same thing happened with Vine. Collaboration, sorry. With the bigger stars. Okay. So you have the early adopters who join a platform, and there are only so many channels that you can subscribe to or follow, and so they sort of rise in the ranks. Once they sort of become a social star on that platform, then they have influence. They collaborate with other newer people, and they can help elevate their own presence and sort of follower base. So another sort of tactic we've taken is always um, being first to a new platform and getting to know sort of the influential talent coming off of that platform and what because they're doing. If you're watching like app rankings, how, are, how, how, mm. do, how does that tactically happen? It's a good question. I mean, am I, I think- too old, Am I just too old? I wouldn't get it? Well, no, I think it's, it's really just having, listening to our audience and knowing where they're going and then spending time on these platforms and 
immersing ourselves in it and understanding what's actually happening. So um, more recently, we found um, there are two platforms that we started booking talent from. One is called YouNow, and it's a streaming platform. It's been around for a long time. I mean, they were a sponsor of ours back in 2013. Um, which is like a long time ago. <laughs> but, um, you know, now there are like bona fide You Now stars, and they're called You Now. What, what, is, what is You Now? <laughs> it's a streaming app. So, okay. like, and it's really interesting because for someone who's like not as familiar with this space, you might go and try to like check out some of these artists, and it's not as clear as YouTube or Vine or Instagram or any other platform where you could see, oh, wow, yeah, they're. They have this many followers, and here's their content, and it has this many likes or this many loops. Um, you now is a live streaming app. So if you're not tuning in when they're going live, you kind of don't have a sense of how popular they are. Now, we, what we've seen is we've booked probably 10 you nowers, and we've sold out multi-city national tours with them. And so it's fascinating that all of a sudden, teens are focused on talent that's kind of starting there. But usually what we see with new platforms is they don't start there and end there and only sort of um, stick with one platform. They'll then go sort of open all of their different accounts on the various other platforms. And the, the stars that will really emerge and have high engagement are the ones who can take the million or two million followers that they now have on Musical.ly or on You Now and port them over to the other platforms. And okay, then we know qu that that's real. Quick, quickly tell us what Musical.ly is. I have trouble saying it. It's musical.ly, correct? Correct, but it's okay. just you can say Musical.ly. It, it, it doesn't work, OK. okay. You, uh, you, there should be like a legend in the little guide that everyone got that like breaks down all these terms and like How to phonetically and say yeah. it all. Next year, we're going to do that, yeah. and I'm going to steal the credits. Nice. Oh. I want um, points on it. It's, it's like a very silly karaoke app that's like dub smash but for a younger generation and it's a huge hugely popular app and it's one of the fastest growing ones that i've seen in the last like six to twelve months and um, who makes it is it a start is it it's a, a startup start out of um you know san francisco and it's interesting because the president of that company reached out to me he's like all of our musers want to go on digitour and so that was one of the ways that we started to learn about musically but then we booked some of these musers and it was fascinating. Like, people were buying tickets. And, you know, one of their biggest musers is this girl, Baby Ariel, who has, I want to say, last time I checked, it was four or five million followers, but it could be like six or seven million now. And this app is how it's less than a year old or no? Um, it's grown in popularity over the okay. last six to 12 months. It might have, but it's, it's new. Um, and yeah, I mean, and it's funny because initially we booked YouTubers. When we started booking Viners, the YouTubers made fun of the Viners. <laughs> then when we started booking You Nowers, the Viners said the You Nowers were like a joke. And then the same thing happened now with the Musical.ly people. They're the butt of everyone's joke, but they're selling all these tickets. So, um, and and ticket ticket sales is one piece of how how you make money, the other is, is sponsorship Brand partnerships, yeah. So okay. we are able to develop campaigns, not only as a traditional tour sponsorship, but we create campaigns with social, video, and experiential. We just did a big uh, campaign that had nothing to do with our live events uh, with STX, 
the movie studio, where we promoted their title, The Boy, and we helped them beat um, their competition, and they you know, had a great weekend opening at the box office. We hosted 15 hometown premieres, so we sent influencers to 15 different markets across the U.S., and simultaneously hosted these big sort of meetups with um, talent and had a lot of teens going crazy. So backstage, I was asking you about other platforms. I mentioned Snapchat, and you said there are no Snapchat stars or no. something like that. And then you said like a bunch more stuff, and you said I'm not sure if I want to say that on stage, oh. but I'm going to ask you like, <laughs> thanks what, for bringing that uh, up. What, why? <laughs> We're all friends, and um, so there. So you're not booking Snapchat stars, is that right? Well, there are no Snapchat stars. So. So DJ Khaled is like. Well, he's a music star who has a big. Snapchat following. So there's no star that was born on Snapchat that's like a native to that platform. It's great. I mean, Snapchat's extremely important to this, this demographic. Absolutely. Like more than probably anything else in terms of communication. But um, it, it's not yielding any sort of native stars from the platform itself. Jason, one of the first things um, when, when I knew I was lucky enough to do this interview, I, I looked at your title and it was head of user experience, correct, at, mm -hmm. at Vine. And so um, that, could be a, that could mean a lot of different things, different companies. I asked you what that meant. You gave me an answer. I'm going to ask you to just quickly sure. te tell people you're not, so the way I think about it, correct me if I'm wrong, um, you worry about everything but how Vine's going to make money. Is that, is that fair uh, or no? That's a good, that's a nice way of saying it. Um, Why don't you tell me? That's not necessarily true. Um, <laughs> so I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. That's okay, though, because we're all wrong sometimes. Um, here's the thing. Uh, I do all kinds of stuff. Um, I, I started working at Vine a little over two years ago, um, and my primary role was to figure out what we were going to do with content. Um, and... Content that was meeting. content, like period. It was like question mark. It was like engineering, design, content. Like, what's that? Like, what do we do? Like, do we have tools for that stuff? Do we showcase it? Do we put it together in things? Like, other people are making stuff. It's, it's kind of like hard to put yourself back into the mindset of 2013. Remember, like, oh, mobile video. Like, is that a thing? Um, and that was kind of like my job was to figure out, okay, what are the tools that we build to to organize, categorize, and showcase that stuff. Um, and then started focusing a lot more on the cultural aspects of those things. And that's what my second role was all about, is really thinking about, hey, like the things that are happening on Vine aren't just staying on Vine. They're leaving it, and they're becoming things that are much bigger than that, whether that's you know a, a star that can now go and book tours and things like that, or um, it's like a phrase, like on fleek, and like your mom is saying it to you. You're like, what is going on right now? Like This is bizarre. But And that started how? Uh, that was that was basically just this this woman in her car was talking about how dope her eyebrows were and she was like my eyebrows are on fleek right now and then uh, everybody started mimicking this this phrase on Vine and then it became much much bigger to the sense that like other video platforms started using this term and then eventually there were you know um, I think it was I want to say it was maybe Jimmy Kimmel was like asking. Um, like some some actors about like hey like are you familiar with on fleek and then just like it's just like this crazy moment thinking about a pop how culture moment yeah it's right? amazing and so that became like a really big focus for us realizing like how big these things can become whether they're ideas personalities um, trends like in general um, and so that was a big focus and then now I'm I'm primarily focused on um, 
product design and, and building out the marketing team that we have right now. So the, going back to on fleek for a second, which sure. the fact that I'm saying it now means very not cool. No, um, it's, it's not cool. It means that it's spread a lot and that we've fulfilled our value to people. It was, it was quoted on an earnings call, I believe, by like Taco Bell executive. <laughs> Except you said on clique. Oh, um, yes, so, yes. but but how do you? So, so you like? So obviously you like seeing that uh, a moment spread from Vine. Sure. Yeah. How do you? Are you thinking about or acting? Way? Are there ways you're supercharging that or trying to either with tools or? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that we're we're active in trying to make them. It's more so just that we're thinking a lot about hey, if this is a thing that's already proven itself in some way um, to be interesting to people, how do we help elevate that? Because there are a lot of boring things in the world that become really popular, and like, like how can we help dilute that with things that are like interesting and different and, and bizarre uh, a lot of the times? And so um, there are definitely ways that we, we help bring that up, whether it's featuring it editorially, like in the app, or you know, including that... Um, piece of content when we're, you know, having meetings with partners or something and saying, like, hey, this is, like, really cool stuff. Like, you need to pay attention to this stuff. Like, you know, people complain about, you know, other people disrupting things. Like, you guys need to pay attention and, like, not just say that it's, it's a fad or, like, it's dumb or, like, whatever. Like, if people find value in this stuff, you need to understand how and why. So uh, I doubt a lot of your users know that, that Vine's a, a part of Twitter, um, or maybe they do, but, but Twitter's been in the news a lot recently, um, has a couple of video products um, and, and co companies. Periscope is one, which um, seems like at least in the business press and to a certain extent Twitter talks, has been talking about a little more recently. The idea of live is what Periscope's about. Um, how does Vine fit in there? Sure. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter's really invested in um, just really great experiences, and Periscope is one piece of that puzzle, and we all love Periscope. Um, we, we actually just started a, a Periscope account for Vine, which was like a really interesting experiment for us uh, to get a sense of like what that would even mean for Vine to have a Periscope account, like what that feels like. Um, what has it meant so far? Um, it's mostly been things that are like kind of like this. Um, to be honest with you, like perhaps we could make it more interesting in terms of like, well, not that this isn't interesting, but, but just in terms of like our audience, like I think that they're not as interested in hearing um, people from Vine speak about things that aren't, I don't know, like shit blowing up or sweet dunks or hilarious teens or whatever it is. You say sweet ducks or dunks? dunks like the NBA dunks. dunk that we oh. had, yeah. Ducks. There's probably some Yo, sweet th ducks. There are some really good ducks on Vine, too, though. <laughs> the video I wanted to show had yeah. a squeaking yeah. rubber duck, which... Duck army, huge! You should, you should search it on Vine. Mm -hmm. Duck arm, duck army. Duck army. Yes. yes, okay. If you don't know about it, you should know about it. Um, <laughs> Meredith, I just be, before we turn over to Q&A in a little bit, um, so your business is... Uh, is growing, it changes very quickly. Um, you're tapped into what young people care about. Um, my colleague Peter had reported some uh, talks with the Live Nation about poten potential acquisition. Um, that didn't happen. Ended up raising money from Viacom, among others. Um, uh, how did, can you just give her quickly how the Viacom deal happened, how Live Nation deal yeah. fell apart? And 
what that whiplash is like? Um, yeah, I, so I remember sitting with Peter and he said to me, I predict Live Nation is going to buy you in six months. And it was funny because they tried around six months after that conversation. So I thought he might be psychic or something. Um, but Tried meaning say, hey, so let's we talk were, about a partnership. No, we engaged in conversations about doing something. Um, but, you know, when you're a startup and you're raising money, you have many conversations. So it was one of many with a lot of different types of companies. Um, and ultimately, the way that we see ourselves is as a teen media brand um, and a consumer-facing brand that teens care about. And so that's our lightning in a bottle. So we didn't want to just pigeonhole ourselves to we produce concerts, and that's it, um, because that's just a part of what we do. Um, so ultimately, when we had other conversations, Viacom being one of them, they were really excited and interested in our relationship with the teen market and our direct-to-fan relationship and what that could mean for some of their business units. So it felt like we could be, um, we could help each other. And um, I liked what they, um, what they had to offer. So Live Nation's going to go out try to do their own thing, try to No, no we still work with them, okay. you know, um, and I don't think they have an interest because it, it's pretty um, hard to figure out who matters because the teens are changing their minds so frequently that it's like, you know, my friends over at Live Nation were like, I don't, I don't know how to go find a Vine personality or you know, a star coming off of one of these new platforms, maybe a Sean Mendez, who's a music talent, who started on Vine, like, they can digest that, they can understand that, it's sort of what they do, but what we do um, isn't what they do. So they would rather lean on someone like us to curate the experience. One more question before Q&A for you. Um, back to six seconds and auto-looping. Mm -hmm. How sacred, a lot of sacred things are changing at Twitter proper. How sacred are those two things to the, to the Vine product? That's a good question. Um, I would say that it's a, the things that are really important to us are, are focused less on format and more about what format enables and the idea of access to be able to tell stories that can reach many, many, many people. Um, so I think that Focus, like over-focusing like on the format specifically would be a wrong move for us and making sure that we're like building things that allow people to basically just blow up on Vine. Are you actively thinking about changing either of those? Um, we prototype stuff all the time. I mean, like, like have, have I ever seen, you know, different versions of the product? Like, of course. But it's really about like making sure that we build things that, A, don't alienate users and, and sort of devalue the hard work that they've put into it, right? Like some of these viners spend the insane amounts of time figuring out exactly how to, you know, get a bit into that time or how to make something loop in a way that you can't tell like where the beginning and end is. Like that's so something that's up, important. You would you know? blow up their world. Yeah, I mean like that's, that's of no interest to us to like hurt the amazing things that yeah. those people have done. But um, you can definitely like imagine that we would continue to think about building products that, you know, speak to the, the essence of what that did. Okay. We're going to, we have time for a couple questions. Um, otherwise, I can keep going. Not about six seconds. Is that one there? Tell Tim Peterson from uh, Marketing Land. To kind of belabor the point on the six seconds, uh, 
six seconds is divine what 140 characters is to Twitter. Twitter's been preserving the 140 characters but found workarounds through things like cards. Has Vine been developing any kind of workarounds you know, where you could preserve the six seconds but have a loophole around it, like you know, click to play a longer version of a video, something like that? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most interesting things um, that we've seen over the last little while of Vine is that people get really invested in telling stories that could be on the spectrum of really specific all the way to really fuzzy. And I think that you know, one of the things that's been really important to us is seeing how people can tell a story over a single six-second Vine, but more importantly, they can tell a story over four Vines, five, six, seven, the entire profile. And I think that one of the things that's been really interesting is seeing people create accounts from the beginning with the intention to tell a single narrative, and they go in order. And so one of the things that has kind of been paired along with that, that notion of, hey, this is what creators are doing to, to tell longer, more involved stories, is actually on the viewer side and seeing how if you go and look at some early creators, even from like you know, 20, 2013, maybe the ones that are on Digitor, if you go to these top creators' accounts and you scroll all the way back to like you know, 200 posts ago from their very, very first post, maybe three years ago, there's a comment on that thing, five, six, seven comments maybe from the last like 10 minutes. And I encourage you to like look at this stuff. And it's people that are saying, oh my god, I just made it all the way through. Or like, I just watched all of your vines. And people just sit and binge watch entire accounts. And so I think that there's a very different use case when it comes to using Vine than um, other platforms like Twitter, where you're checking in many times a day for really short periods of time. People are spending you know, short, like, uh, less sessions, but for much longer periods of time. And I think that those kinds of workarounds for people to be able to tell longer stories over an entire account are really interesting. But also our audience, we found watch Vine, as to your point, for maybe two hours at a time. Yeah. So they're not just watching six seconds. Right. They're watching a lot of different six-second yeah. clips, and, it, and it's like a full viewing session. Yeah, it's really about like the experience of, of watching this stuff and reading the comments, and, and there's just like so much more to it than a video that is six seconds. Like it's, it's a much bigger thing than that. Yeah, Goretka's from Variety. Uh, one quick question. Um, it's great that Vine stars can make money off Vine by touring and all these things, but when can they start making money on Vine? When is monetization coming? And are you guys risking that people jump ship if you wait for that too long? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it'd be an interesting one to even ask like the, the opposite too, right? Where we want to make sure that the things that we're building um, help improve the experience for 90% of the users that are watching the content on Vine. And so uh, are we interested in, in finding a way to pay these creators and, and have a, you know, an influx of money? Absolutely. Um, but at this time, like, we don't have anything to announce in terms of like a, a, an ad product or anything like that. So you're working on one, but not announcing one. Um, it's not that we're working on one, but we're definitely like, thinking about the right way to help creators have like, sustainable um, you know, lifestyles and things like that if they're going to choose to create on Vine. So 2016, will we see something or? Uh, I don't know about that. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, when we want to like make it rain on the creators, you'll know. Definitely. <laughs> okay. We're going to end on that because I think that's the best way to end. Thanks all for. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. 